the series on gifts in the church, um, and we're dealing in this particular series with the category of gifts that we've identified called spiritual gifts. There are the three categories of gifts given to the church, the ministry gifts, uh, the functional gifts, and then the spiritual gifts. And in this particular series, we're looking at the spiritual gifts, but uh, we've divided the spiritual gifts into three separate categories. The text that we use for this uh, uh, series is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. Scripture says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And so there are nine uh, spiritual gifts listed for us in this passage of Scripture, and um, we've divided them up into three different categories. Um, we, the speaking gifts, the revelation gifts, and the power gifts. The, um, the revelation gifts we dealt with in the previous series, which is... Um, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And we said that the reason that we uh, encapsulate those three gifts into one category is because each one of those uh, spiritual gifts um, reveals something. So when the Holy Spirit makes himself manifest through the individual who has one of those gifts, uh, he gives unto them revelation knowledge in a certain area, and they're able to impart that information. And then we, the other category of gifts are the speaking gifts, and they would include prophecy, uh, diverse kind of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And each one of those gifts speaks forth the word of the Lord. And so that's why we put those uh, three gifting, giftings together. And then the, the category that we're looking at in this series called the power gifts, uh, the three gifts that fall into that particular category uh, is the gift of special faith, the working of miracles and gifts of healings. And those are the three uh, gifts that we'll be concentrating on in this particular series. Um, and so the reason that the, these particular gifts are, we refer to them as the power of gift, power gifts, is simply because when they are manifested, it is in fact the power of God, the tangible power of God that is manifested. And God's power is real, it is tangible, it can be, it's, uh, it can be felt, it can be um, experienced. Um, and many people who have in, had encounters with the power of God can testify to that fact. And uh, the power of, of God um, is really what the kingdom of God is all about. When 1 Corinthians 4.20, uh, the Apostle Paul said, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And um, too often the church doesn't actually experience the power of God being demonstrated in her midst, and we should because the kingdom of God is um, in power, and uh, that's what it's all about. God's power does um, that which needs to be done to transform lives, and it's only by the power of God that that takes place. Um, in one of the passages of Scripture, the, Lord, the Bible talks about the fact that our Lord Jesus is, is, a, is seated at the right hand of the power uh, on, on high. I think it's called the power on high. So referring to God our Father and, and calls Him the power, um, I haven't got the terminology right, 
but that's really what uh, God the Father is referred to in that passage of Scripture. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, the power of God is tangible. Now, most believers had no experience of the power of God. Um, and the reason for that is because most believers are born again, but they never go any further with the, the things of God uh, other than being born again. Now, when we're born again, um, that is a miracle that takes place. But it's a miracle that takes place in the spirit of man. And so it's not, um, uh, there is no tangible power that is experienced by the individual when they are born again. Now it can happen that there, are, there is a, 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 an encounter with the power of God at the same time. Think about Paul's conversion. When um, he was on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with the power of God because uh, it was a, a bright light that shone from heaven brighter than the noonday sun, but it, it struck him and his companions to the ground. They all fell to the ground. Now, the reason they fell was because they were um, struck by the power of God, and they all fell to the ground. And so there was a, a tangible experience that Paul experienced when he came into the kingdom of God. But by and large, most, most believers, when they're born again, there is no encounter with the tangible power of God. Um, these emotions that are felt, obviously, as the individual realizes that they have been saved and born again, and they display the emotions of joy, can be emotions of, of, of weeping, but nevertheless, there's no encounter with the tangible power of God. The first time that um, most believers uh, begin to experience or have an encounter with the power of God, I'm talking about the tangible power of God now, is when they get born uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that is our Lord said that when we receive the Holy Spirit, that we will receive power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so that is when most believers encounter the power of God for the first time. Unless, obviously, a believer has been healed uh, by the power of God before they even came into the kingdom, because God does that. God heals many times uh, unbelievers, and they obviously then experience the tangible power of God as He heals their bodies. And as a result of them being healed, then they give their hearts to the Lord and they're born again. And so they've encountered the power of God before they came into the kingdom of God. But for the vast majority of believers, they hear the gospel preached, they are born again, they have no encounter with the tangible power of God. Now, there's a, a, quite a large percentage of the church that never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And thus, they never encounter the power of God. But for believers that do um, encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that are, they do receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is an encounter with the power of God. Now, even when they are full with the Holy Spirit, um, quite often there is no encounter with the tangible power of God. Now, they do begin to speak out in other tongues as the Spirit enables them, as Acts 2.4 describes to us. Um, and that is supernatural. That is God supernaturally um, empowering the individual to speak out in an, an unknown tongue. But nevertheless, it's still not... An, an encounter with the, the, the tangible power of God because the tangible power of God is very real. Um, 
And people who have experienced uh, having an encounter with the tangible power of God, um, can, they, they describe it as having like a warmth uh, in, in their, certain parts of their body, it might be in their hands, might be all over their body. Um, some have felt like, a, um, like a, an oil coming down over them. And it's difficult to describe in the natural spiritual encounters. Um, some have described like waves of electricity flowing through their body. Some have felt fire in their hands and in certain parts of their body um, and in their spirits. And so God displays his power in different ways and in different individuals will have different um, encounters with the Lord. But nevertheless, the, the power of God is tangible to the touch to, and can be felt. And um, that is a, a, an encounter with the power of God. And we're dealing with the power of gifts, which is the gift of faith, working of miracles and gifts of healings. And we need to understand that the power of God is very real. And that um, when an individual has an encounter with the power of God, it, it always um, has the effect of the person coming away from that encounter, um, in, having a deeper relationship with the Lord. And, and almost like their, their, their love for the Lord intensifies because there is not just the, 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 the because they, they have now experienced a physical reality of God's power, but when that power comes upon the individual, there's something that the Holy Spirit does on, on the inside of the individual in that he brings that individual into a closer relationship with the Lord because they are now just having such a real encounter with God that they, they always come away from that encounter having a if, they, if it's not the first encounter they've had, and it's the second or third or whatever, how many times they're having this encounter, they come away with a deeper um, sense of love and devotion for the Lord Jesus and for God the Father. Because that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, is that He brings individuals into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Um, and it's, it is scriptural for believers who have experienced the power of God when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, to have subsequent uh, encounters with the power of God on a regular basis. It's not a case that we should have one encounter with. And uh, as I said, m uh, quite a lot of Christians, in fact, I would imagine majority of Christians never experience the power of God. From the time they're saved until the time they go to be with the Lord, they have no encounter with the tangible power of God throughout their Christian walk. But for those who do encounter the power of God, uh, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it is scriptural for those believers to have subsequent encounters and infillings of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture we can have a look at is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. The scripture says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, in writing this or through the Apostle Paul, this particular <coughs> passage of Scripture, he equates what, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he equates it to um, what the world would experience in being drunk with wine. Um, and if you ever, ever encountered anybody who's, who's in, intoxicated by alcohol, um, very often they, they stagger around, they're unable to, to stand up straight, they're unable to speak um, you know, correctly, 
Um, a lot of the times they will laugh at all sorts of things. You know, obviously the wrong kind of spirit. I mean, some people get uh, um, aggressive and things like that because that's obviously not what is the right spirit. But one, a believer who is filled with the Holy Spirit and encounters the power of God, um, they will begin to act like drunken men. You recall that when Peter on the day of Pentecost and everybody had come to observe what was going on, uh, his comment to the unbelievers who were watching this, he said, these guys are not drunk like you think they are. Now, the only reason that the unbelievers who were watching the believers, uh, while they thought they were drunk, is because they were behaving like drunken men. They were staggering around under the power of God. They were laughing uncontrollably. Uh, they were obviously uh, speaking out in tongues and, and singing in tongues. But to the natural eye, if, uh, the people who were observing them, it looked just like these, these folks are intoxicated, they're drunk uh, with, with alcohol. But in fact, they were drunk with the wine of the Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so that's what the, the admonition is to believers, is not to be drunk with wine, um, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the, the Spirit. So the implication is not to be drunk with wine, but to be drunk with the Spirit. And uh, it's very uh, um, scriptural for believers to experience the power of God on a regular basis, not all the time, obviously, um, but from time to time, as the Spirit wills for believers to allow Him to, uh, to just bless them um, with the Spirit and allow them to experience the power of God because those believers, when they do have those encounters, um, always come, come away with a lasting glow. Now, there's a difference between being drunk with wine and being drunk with the Holy Spirit. Being drunk with wine, you wake up in the morning with a hangover. Being drunk with the Holy Spirit, no hangover whatsoever. But uh, uh, And as I say, a deeper relationship with the Lord, a, a lasting glow, a desire, uh, um, a, a, a deeper love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what an encounter with the power of God uh, does for the believer. And as I say, the Holy Spirit actually um, encourages us to have those encounters. Now, with regards to the power of God coming upon an individual, because we're dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this series, and uh, we dealt previously with the gifts, the revelation gifts. In this particular series, we're dealing with the power gifts, and we will deal with the speaking gifts. But with regards to all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is um, possible that one can be more anointed or less anointed to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? It means that when one is more anointed to operate in whatever gift it is that they have received, more power will be imparted to that individual to operate in that gift. Now, when more power is imparted, there is always going to be a, a greater degree of result that will be made manifest through the individual. So we'll understand the concept a bit easier if we look at one of the gifts. And one of the gifts we can look at is the gifts of healings, because we're dealing with the power gifts in this series. So one who has received from the Lord the gifts of healings in whatever area, um, and we'll discuss it in more depth as we go into the series, but in whatever area the Lord uses that individual to heal uh, to be used of the Holy Spirit to heal others. Um, if they're more anointed, then it, 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 
to the degree of power that is displayed through that gift, that will determine how quickly individuals will be healed. What, what will happen is a person who is more anointed in that particular gift has, has a greater degree of power resting upon them. When they lay hands on individuals to be healed, they will experience instant healings taking place. Whereas an individual who has got the same gift, but not a greater, uh, as much power flowing through them, and we'll discuss why now, um, will experience not instant healings taking place, but will experience healings taking place over a period of time. So in other words, they will lay hands on the individual. The individual will not be healed instantly, but will begin to recover from that period on. And you know, depending on the, the amount of power that's imparted through the individual uh, who has the gift, that will determine just how quickly the recovery will be. And that's pretty uh, and the kind of explanation I can put across for it. So the way that an individual can um, increase the anointing or the degree of power that is made available through their gift is to give themselves over to prayer and fasting. It's really through the avenue of prayer and fasting that um, we either increase the anointing upon our gifts or we decrease the anointing. So in other words, if we do not give ourselves to prayer and fasting, well, that anointing will weaken. It's, it's not going to be flowing through the, the vessel as powerfully as it could. And we, we discussed in the, in the series on spiritual gifts, what happens is that the pipe becomes a bit blocked in that the full flow can't uh, be poured through that vessel. But when the person gives themselves over to prayer and fasting, and you know, kind of cuts out the things of the world and concentrates on the things of the spirit, well then a greater degree of power will be made manifest through that individual. And so that's how it's really impacted in, on the power gifts that you really see this display. Because prophecy comes out as prophecy, although there are some prophetic utterances that are far more powerful than others and are easily discerned. That was a very powerful word from the Lord than others are. But it's really in the, the demonstration of the power gifts, the gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healings, that we see greater or lesser degrees of power, the, God, the power of God being made manifest through the individual. Now that will always happen depending on the individuals um, who's got the gift, who has then drawn aside and give themselves, given themselves over to prayer and fasting. For if they do that, they can expect and will ex experience a greater degree of power being made manifest through their gifts. Now, one of the issues that we need to understand with regards to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that is this particular point, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Scripture says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are being made manifest, it is His gift that is being made manifest. It is the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself through one of these facets. And in this case here, in the power gifts, through the gift of faith, through the gift of working of miracles, and through the gifts of healings. But it is always the Holy Spirit who's making Himself manifest through the vessel. And so we need to understand the concept that with regards to all of the gifts of the Spirit, and we are, we're obviously dealing with uh, specifically the, the power gifts in this series, but at this particular point pertains to all of the gifts of the Spirit. 
um, it is not the Holy Spirit is not um, limited to manifesting himself through individuals who can rightly divide the word of truth. So what does that mean? Well, it means that if the individual's doctrine is not uh, 100% correct or not even 50% correct, um, if they are making themselves available, if they, they, rec they know that they've got a spiritual gift given to them by the Holy Spirit, they make themselves available to the Holy Spirit to be used of Him as He manifests Himself through them. He'll use that individual, even though that individual's doctrine is flawed and in some cases horribly wrong. The Holy Spirit will still utilize that individual because it's not up to the individual, those who can rightly divide the word of truth, who have their doctrine in order that the Lord can use in these gifts. Because if that were the case, well, then the Holy Spirit would never use anyone because no matter how much we know in this life, we still only know in part. And so none of us have got all of the doctrine completely sorted out. And so if the Holy Spirit had to wait for individuals to first get their doctrine in order before he could use them to manifest himself in the gifts, well, then we'll just never see uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit being made manifest through individuals. And we can look at scriptural in, uh, accounts of that. And the, in, when the scripture says we only know in part is in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9. But the, the scriptural account we can have a look at to just show the reality of the fact that the Holy Spirit does make himself manifest through individuals um, whose doctrine is questionable to say the least. Uh, because it does create problems in the church. A lot of people uh, have a problem with us. But let's just look at the scripture. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 15. This is an account of our Lord speaking. Scripture says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And so here our Lord Jesus um, had given his disciples very clear instructions to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Um, how plain can you get? All the world means all the world. Every creature means every creature. Obviously, we're not going to go preach to crickets and um, to cats and dogs. We're talking about people now. Um, every people group on the earth. And yet, for the first six years of the church's existence, the church got that doctrine completely wrong. Because when the disciples of the Lord heard him say that to them, the interpretation of what the Lord Jesus had said is that go into all the world and preach the gospel to every Jew. That was it. Their thinking was when Jesus said all the world and every creature, what he meant was all the world and all the Jews living in the world. Because they, they were fully convinced, all of them were fully convinced that the gospel was only for the Jews. It wasn't for the Gentiles. Um, and that was their doctrine. There was no, no one questioned it. Nobody said, well, yeah, are we getting this right? The Holy Spirit didn't impress upon anybody to say, guys, you're actually getting this wrong. That's not what the Lord meant when he said, 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It didn't mean every Jewish creature out there. He meant every creature out there. But the, the whole church at that time, for the first six years, was completely Jewish and were fully convinced that the gospel was only for the Jews. It was only for the Jews. It wasn't for the Gentiles. Now, in that first six-year period, when the gospel was being preached, there was tremendous displays of the power of God. In fact, the church has not yet got back to that. Um, where we, we, we discussed it earlier in the, in the series, that even when Peter walked down the road, his shadow was healing people as he walked past. And the scripture says in, um, in that period that everyone was healed uh, under the apostles' ministry as they came, brought the, the sick into Jerusalem to be healed by the apostles. And so the Holy Spirit displayed great power, um, manifestation of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit were made manifest during that time. But the doctrine that the church was teaching was completely erroneous because, as I say, they were convinced that the, the salvation was only for the Jews and not for the Gentiles. And so eventually the Lord did have to sort them out. And we know the situation, uh, what occurred in Acts 10, um, verse 9 to 16, the Lord got a hold of Peter eventually and dealt with him on the issue that the Gentiles, in fact, were part of the, the kingdom of God. And so God was able to correct their doctrine and bring the Gentiles into the church. But the point that I wanted to make out of the whole thing is that um, even though their doctrine was completely wrong and erroneous, God, that didn't hinder the Holy Spirit from making himself manifest through the apostles with great power. Now, they were the ones who actually um, taught the doctrine to the church. Because you go look at the book of Acts, the Bible says that the disciples gave themselves uh, to prayer, to um, fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to the doctrine of the apostles. So the, the apostles were teaching that doctrine, and yet the, the Holy Spirit used those same apostles in tremendous display of His power um, through, through His giftings. And so there, were, there was never a case of, well, you guys, you got your doctrine's wrong, so the Holy Spirit said, I can't use you guys. Or I can use you in a very limited way because your doctrine is wrong. Not at all. The Holy Spirit used the, the vessels that were available to Him, that made themselves available to Him to be used by them. And so it's very important for us to, to understand that particular truth. Because what happens is that in the church you see individuals who have very powerful ministries with regards to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in that God just uh, you know, does miraculous healings through those individuals. And other gifts of the Spirit are displayed in a, in a very powerful way. But when you hear those individuals teach or preach the gospel, very often what they teach or preach is completely off the wall. It's, I mean, just, that it doesn't tie up with, with the Scripture at all. Because the understanding of, of Scripture is very limited. And they don't give themselves to study the Word of God, and so they don't rightly divide the Word of Truth. And so what happens is then you get Christians that look at this um, ministry being used of the Lord, and you get uh, the, the Christians look at it, and they get it wrong on both sides of the coin. Because what, what happens is uh, you get the cap that says, well, um, because... God is using this individual to such a degree, and it's undeniable because you can just see the miracles taking place, people getting out of wheelchairs for arguments sake. 
Um, and you know, you can't deny that that's God's power. And so you get a whole bunch of believers who say, well, because this individual is used so mightily of God, whatever they teach must be correct, because there's no ways that God would endorse um, what they're teaching through signs and wonders if they were teaching incorrect doctrine. But that's not the case. And I've just shown you the example of the early church. They taught incorrect doctrine, and yet they were still mightily used of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit never um, limits the display of His power based on our understanding of the Word of God, because we're all in a, a growth process along those lines. And so it's the Holy Spirit making Himself manifest. So if the individual will give themselves to prayer and fasting and be uh, an open vessel for Him to use them and thus bless the body of Christ, that's exactly what He's going to do. And so as I say, you get the one camp in, in the Christian circles who say, well, this person, what, what they're teaching must be correct because God would not endorse what they're teaching if... Uh, they were, you know, if um, because the doctrine w was incorrect, God wouldn't endorse that. But that's not how God actually works. Then you get the other side um, of grouping and say, well, <laughs> because the doctrine is so false, well, it's not false, okay, it's erroneous. Because the doctrine is so erroneous, well, that can't be God, because there's no ways that God would endorse what that person is teaching by allowing signs and wonders to be done through their hands. Um, and so both extremes are incorrect in the assessment because it is God. As, as long as the person is obviously preaching Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, so they, they might be getting a whole lot of stuff wrong. But the, the, the basic is, is that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And as long as they're preaching that and they, their focus is on Jesus and, and getting people into the kingdom of God, um, well then, the Holy Spirit's going to endorse that. The Holy Spirit's going to allow Himself to be made manifest through the individual who has received a gift from Him and is open to be used by Him. Now, um, there is the limit. Obviously, the Holy Spirit does not um, give this person carte blanche because what happens... I mean, it, let's go back to the book of Acts. If Peter had... You know, he, he received the, the vision. We know about in Acts 10, he receives the vision from the Lord and God eventually gets his understanding straight that they need to be preaching to the Gentiles as well. If Peter had rejected that and said, Lord, no, that's not it. Uh, my doctrine is right, your doctrine is wrong. Well, then the Holy Spirit will, would have withdrawn the anointing off of Peter's life and he would have lost his ministry, basically because that, yeah, the Holy Spirit would no longer have endorsed what Peter was now teaching. Because the Holy Spirit uses the individual while they're in ignorance. But if the, if the individual is now in educated and then still continues to teach false doctrine or erroneous doctrine, um, it then becomes false doctrine because now they know what is right and they're going in the wrong direction because that's what they want to teach. Well then, the anointing does get lifted and the person's ministry does come to an end. So the Holy Spirit does have a limit to this. But while the person is still in an, uh, a stage of ignorance, 
as long as they are, their hearts are, are pure before God and they want to be used by God and they want to bless people, well, then the Holy Spirit's going to make himself manifest through that ministry and that ministry is going to be used of God to bless others. And so as, as mature believers, when we see God using a ministry gift and we listen to what that ministry gift preaches or teaches and we realize, wait a minute, you know, this guy's actually not getting his doctrine right. There's a lot of stuff that he's teaching which is actually erroneous. And then we see that the power of God displayed. As long as, as, we, as I say, as long as the person is focusing on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and his doctrine's a bit wrong, well, then you can still be assured that it is still God the Holy Spirit working through the individual. And we just then need to recognize, okay, this person, um, the doctrine's not right, um, but we should rejoice in what God is doing through that ministry gift and pray for the ministry gift, that the Lord will bring uh, understanding through to that person, that they will begin to grow in, in their knowledge of the Word of God. Um, but not condemn and say, well, that's not God. Because it is God if he, as I say, if the person is preaching Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior and the gifts of the Spirit are being made manifest. But it does. The Holy Spirit does eventually draw the line. And there are ministry gifts that, um, you know, that have been powerfully used by God up until a point. Because they, they got to the point where God said, okay, now you should know better. Because... Um, if you continue to proclaim the gospel you are proclaiming, then uh, I'm going to have to withdraw the anointing from you. And you, and you watch those ministry gifts, they, you know, the anointing lifts. And they, they don't display the power of God through their ministries anymore because they have not chosen to adjust their doctrine that they're teaching. So I trust that you understand that uh, the power of God being made manifest through the individual is never uh, up to a point. It is uh, not reliant on the individual's knowledge of, of the Word of God. Because as I say, if God had to wait for each one of us to get our, our, our doctrine right, well then he, he'd still be waiting because you know, we're just not going to get all of our doctrine right in this life. Um, and we're going to end the teaching on that point today because I just want you to bring a, a, an introductory teaching to this. On the next uh, teaching, we're going to have a look at the gift of special faith as part of the, the power of this in this series. The beginning.